Telling the African story is not new. For a very long time, Africans have expressed the narrative of their culture, beliefs, fears, and exploits using stories passed from one generation to the next. Through oral traditions and accounts of high witnesses, we know about the riches of Mansa Musa, the exploit of Shongo, the majesty of Nefertiti, and the conquest of Shakazulu. What has changed is the medium through which these stories are told. Hi, this is Totun. Welcome to Season 3 of Building the Future Podcast. African story has moved from the tales by moonlight told by elders in the night to various content formats that is accessible via online platforms. In the early part of the last century, a lot of the African stories were told through drama and stage plays. In Nigeria, for example, traveling artists like Yubatu Gunde and Moses Olaya were entertaining and educating people across villages and towns in the southwest of the country, and often using drama to imitate, mock, or criticize the prevailing culture and politics of the post-colonial era. Telling stories through drama has been a significant part of the African culture. It's not surprising that the first African to be awarded a Nobel Prize is a playwright, Wale Shoyinka, who won the 1986 Nobel Prize in Literature. The 1950s to late 1980s saw the emergence of the golden age of big screen cinema and TV dramas in Nigeria. Traveling theater dramatists transitioned to the big cinema screens and TVs in people's homes. During those times, Nigerian movie productions increased significantly. People in Lagos, Ibadan, Portakot, Enugu, Kaduna, and other big cities spent a lot of their weekends going to the cinemas to see Nigerian movies produced by Ola Balogun, Moses Olaya, Hubatu Gunde, Jab Hadu, Ishola Ogunshola, Lade Ladebo, Sonia Dosumu, and Sodik Balewa, among Amongst others. These were the pioneers of the Nigerian movie industries. There were big budget movies like Moshibola Tom by Moses Olaya, Aye by Ubatu Gunde, Taxi Driver by Adeyemi Afolayon, and there were great TV dramas and sitcoms like Kokro Adon, Village Headmaster, Samanja, Mirror in the Sun, and one of my favorites, The New Masquerade. in the 1980s and there were cinemas everywhere. There was a cinema next door to our house where I spent a lot of my childhood devising ways to sneak into the hall with my friends. We were often allowed to come in at the end of the movie to see the closing credits and listen to the songs. And we were often mesmerized by the big screen. I'm still mesmerized by it. But everything faded away in the 90s. The economy went downhill. The country was held hostage by military dictators and understandably people lost interest 
interest in the movie industry. Producers could not finance big budget movies anymore. Cinema houses became event centers, warehouses, and churches. Foreign movies were cheaper to pedal as home videos on VHS. Technology was changing the way movies were distributed across the world. Nigeria couldn't keep up. And the local movie industry went dark for a while anyway. But Nigerians are resilient. There's always one more thing to be done. One more idea to explore. In the mid-90s, locally produced home videos popped up. Nollywood was born. By Sherlock, I was opportune to visit some of the movie sets where the early Yoruba Nollywood home videos were produced then. It was basic, there were no scripts, no huge budgets. It was just the director, the cameraman and the actors shooting as much as five movies in a day, working their way through the stories they want to tell. And then this morphed into an industry of its own with distributors, video clubs, superstar actors and technical crews. There were some pivotal moments that changed the industry. The movie Living in Bondage starring Kenneth Okonkwo transformed the distribution model for Nollywood movies in the 90s. I'll also argue that Tioluwa Nile by Tunde Kilani stepped up the game on the quality of cinematography and storyline. The movie was well scripted and featured professional actors, some of whom were big screen stars in the previous era. <laughs> And then technology changed everything again. Home videos via VHS and VCD became almost obsolete. Africans are now watching movies via smartphones and computers over the internet. Movie producers have to dance with video on demand platforms similar to Netflix or their movies will not be distributed widely. In this season of the podcast, I'll be chronicling part of that story. I'll be starting with a mini series that features some of the key figures that have built video on demand platforms specifically for African content. You'll be listening to my conversations with founders of Iroko TV, Jason Njoku. After failing for so long to see something work, it's like this this might be the one thing that I do in my life that changes my life. I have the customers, I have the momentum. Like you're now competing against me. You can't come in there with like a hundred thousand dollars and play. Like I've changed that game. If you bring a million dollars, it's not enough. I've changed that game too. So when you're coming, you've got to come hard. And Bastian Gorta. It was like a personal journey for Jason to make this a success and he was not going to stop at anything to, to make it a success. And that's partially backable. A company without a founder is like a company without a heart. Yeah, like it, it just doesn't work. And then Tonje Bakang, the founder of AfroStreams, a video on-demand platform that was focused on the francophone African countries. All the TV network wanted to work with me. I was this young black guy coming from nowhere. I'm the first young black guy having uh, a development deal with a major TV network in France. These platforms were founded on the basis that the African story and the movie industry need to be widely distributed and accessible to a lot of people. I once said that the Building the Future podcast is not just about the tech entrepreneurs. Yes, I started with the tech entrepreneurs, but it is more than that. 
is chronicling the African growth story from the views of those I believe are shaping it through what they do. And in this season, I'll be talking to actors, writers, policymakers, and many other people we may not fit into the mold of the usual guests I've had in the past. I'm starting with the stories of the African video on-demand platforms but I'll be deep diving into related stories as well. I hope you're going to learn from these conversations as much as I'm learning from talking to these people. Building the Future Podcast Season 3 is brought to you in partnership with Flutterwave. Flutterwave's business is about connecting global businesses to Africa and building new businesses out of Africa through payment and technology. All opinions expressed by me and the podcast guests are solely ours and does not reflect the opinion of Flutterwave. To get started, go to flutterwave.com. You've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton. These are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future. And you'll be able to hear all their stories. For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at thestarter.com. Our revolution will be televised. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Before you go, I have a favor to ask you, and it will take 30 seconds of your time or less. It will mean a lot to me. If you like this podcast, you can easily let me know by going into iTunes, Teacher, SoundCloud, or wherever you download podcasts and subscribe. You can also go to our website, thestarter.com. That is T H E S T A R T A and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks. Bye-bye.